Salutations, listeners. See Valus Maleo. Vala Magulis. Nano Nano. Thank you for tuning in. This is Three Men and a Basement, and we are the Ultra Crepidarians. My name is Colin McLeod. Mark Culp here. Action Jackson. Action Jackson, Flax and Waxen. Uh, in this podcast, we review movies and we deliver to you, the listener, an average schmuck's opinion about hidden gems in the wide world of cinema. Uh, in this show, we try and target movies that are not uh, total blockbuster smashes. We also look for ones that aren't so obscure that you couldn't get your hands on a copy, you know, even if you wanted to. Uh, instead, we aim for that delightful sweet spot of movies uh, right in the middle, uh, ones that we don't feel enough people have seen. Maybe you saw it a long time ago and you just think it maybe deserves another watch. Listen to our podcast and we'll, we'll give you our two cents on whether or not it's worth digging out of that closet and, and popping in your, your VHS player or your... Um, your, your Betamax? Th- three-dimensional rendering software or whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so in this, the 17th Yeah, I believe so, yeah. ...of the wow. podcast, we review the movie Brawl in Cell Block 99. Woof. 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 <laughs> Woof. Okay, uh, do, do we, do we want to get out any spoiler-free initial reactions to this movie... Before I, we jump into IMDb, I think the um, the quite articulate woof <laughs> is uh, quite sufficient. Yeah, for yep. this one, that's Holy about where I stop. Crap! <laughs> that's where you. That's where you start and stop. Yep. This uh, this is is neither the most violent movie I've seen nor like the most like intense movie I've seen, but like it it combined like intense and violence in a way that like was just heavy and like creativity. Yeah, like it definitely took a different tact on a number of. Yeah, it was definitely different. It was visceral. <laughs> it was quite visceral. Like this is no like Starship Troopers. You know, it's not like you know heads popping. Woof. Jackson is noticeably pale yeah he is a he he is he's a pretty pale guy to begin with but yeah. but right now he's borderline casper the, yeah. the blood has drained from his face and has gone elsewhere elsewhere i don't i don't see where it went it, it packed its bags and yeah. said i'm out of here phone vacay all south right for the winter. so uh you know here's a little uh rhetorical question uh, what's this rated? <laughs> right, so uh, Cell, Brawl and Cell Block 99 came out in 2017. Uh, I've got in, in in IMDb, I've got not rated. Yeah, that's what I see here. Is that enough? Is, is that... <laughs> what are you saying? Are we done here? It, it, what? No, uh, is not rated enough? Is you... that far enough away from I, G and yeah. PG? Yeah. To... <laughs> Is that a far enough journey away? Like, I just, I, I feel like, uh, yeah. There's a density to this movie mm-hmm. that you don't get in most. Mm-hmm. So it would sink. I, I will tell you that. It's I don't very know, dense. I don't know this for a fact, but I, th- I think this movie, like, I don't think it was in theaters. I think it, it, no. it, it I hope got, not. I think it got released to like Netflix Direct or something like that, and that is the reason for its non-rating. I feel like this movie could comfortably flirt with the line of R and NC-17. Probably R, to be honest. Like Hard I, R. I, a hard R. I, I don't think it would quite be NC-17. That's no. that's a bit... And and it's really not for, like, sexuality or nudity or, or really even, like... Really even language. It's not even for language. It's really just explicitly for violence. Yeah. And I think violence is a good word for it, too. Like, I wouldn't call it gore. 
you know, and I and I wouldn't call it um, violence is is a good word. It's brutal. This movie, the the violence inheriting it, it, the system. Yeah, it's it's very much like a well, like like an American History X, where like when it is violent, it is it's violent. It's, it's no yeah. no no uh, no punches pulled. Yeah, and there's no like an intended. emotional component to it because it just feels dirty. Like yeah, it feels uncomfortable. It's raw. Yeah. Yeah, no, actually, American History X is probably a good example, because, like, this movie is not, like, continuously violent all the time, but when it is, it's it's pretty savage. Uh, IMDb has this as action crime drama. Um, oh, thriller. It also threw thriller in there. I don't know if I put drama. Well, you know what? Maybe, I mean, there are elements of drama in it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's definitely not all action. I, I, I don't know, that. honestly, what I would describe this movie as. This doesn't feel like it fully captures this movie, but I don't have a better, like, suite of genres to apply to it. Yeah, yeah. If you say, I is, would this, agree. is this an action movie? No. Is it a crime movie? No. Is it a drama movie? No. Is it a thriller? No. But if you, like, you take... Elements of oh, each. 20% of each yeah. of those. Then I guess that's probably as close as you're going to get. Yeah, you take 20% of each of those and you're still coming up 20% short I of might where add, you want to be. I might add suspense, but that's sort of with a caveat. I mean... <laughs> I thought you were going to say suspense, but with a K. And I was like, there's no... there's no Suspense. There's there's no place a K could possibly it's, fit. It's suspense. a silent K. Suspense with a silent K. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Castle. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think I think part of the issue is I don't know uh, if even suspense is the right term. It's sort of a you just never know what's going to come next. But not to give any spoilers, but there's not really a moment where you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're just kind of watching what happens and you're just kind of like, all right, I guess I'm along for the ride. Uh and what a ride it is. Oh, it was a ride. Uh, IMDb's description of this is a former boxer turned drug runner lands in a prison battleground after a deal gets deadly. Okay, that is... <laughs> none of that is incorrect. But none of it's... it's... But it really doesn't give the flavor of the movie. But to be perfectly honest, and, and actually, you guys are going to be have a more informed opinion on this. I had seen this movie before. You two had never even heard of it. Nope. So I expect... I explicitly asked you to not look into this movie before you saw it. Do you think that your ignorance of the movie going into it enhanced it at all? Do you think, like, being blindsided by it helped? I don't know. I don't know. I I will say no. <laughs> um, I think being blindsided by this movie was kind of like pistol whipping a blind kid. That's rude. It's just sort of unfair. You sold my dead bird to a blind kid? I did. <laughs> Lloyd, Pete didn't have a head. Harry, I took care of it. It's true. It's true. I I will say this. I did not know what to expect, and I, I will just say I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, did you did you get what you didn't expect? <laughs> You should see my crater. I I may have. All right. <clears throat> yeah, this is um this is a movie. Yeah, so like I want I want to expand on that cuz like it that's like the very base version that doesn't hint at anything that happens in the movie 
And it's one of those things where I would like to expand on it, but at the same time, I feel like some people benefit from watching this movie having like not expected anything. So, it, but but you guys could probably speak more to that than than I could. Like me watching this movie the first time, somebody had actually recommended it to me and was like, "You gotta you gotta see this." So this is one of those movies where like I've seen it and I'm I'm walking away from it changed. So changed. Yep. Like I appreciate that <laughs> dynamic. Let's run through our cast list here. Okay, well then who, I'll, who do we got I'll, in this? I'll hold that for a minute. First cast member here, fucking Vince Vaughn. Like what? Yeah, but <laughs> I he... was so pleased because I intentionally held back that detail, and I genuinely thought you guys did not. I thought you saw it on the DVD like screen. No, and <laughs> we were like halfway through the first scene, and I'm like hearing these like, what the fuck is that? Literally my first so the first sentence out of my mouth after seeing the first scene was I know that guy from somewhere. Who who is that? This was not Vince Vaughn playing Vince Vaughn. This was like like it's okay, so Vince Vaughn is like tall doughboy. You know, like he's swingers. The, yeah, he's the guy in the comedy that like you could just You're so money you don't even know it. Yeah. yeah. The guy who was in this movie, who I guess his last name was Vaughn was like a, allegedly was a freaking like stone cold Steve Austin mother effer, like <laughs> yep. like this. Mark knows that his mom listens to the podcast now and starts changing his fucks to motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's That's, fine. You can drop it. It's all right. It's irrelevant. <laughs> this Hi, is like Andre the Giant without the love roles. Like this guy's tall and he's a fucking like tree. Yeah, yeah I feel like this was one of the like. I feel like Vince Vaughn was in this movie because he's a huge dude in real life. Like he's he's like six foot five, six foot six, and like I think a lot of times, if memory serves, they have to shoot his scenes in movies so he doesn't seem so like dauntingly tall. Like in Four Christmases, he's like standing opposite Reese Witherspoon. They yeah. have to like make sure he's not like she's not like you know like her head isn't like bumping into his belt buckle kind yeah, of stuff. They did some and, reverse hobbit shit. Yeah, and I got to imagine that a person who's that large and like he's reasonably in shape. Like he's a pretty fit guy. I got to imagine like he's got a lot of people that are are just casually saying like you should do a movie where you just like fucking wreck people. Yeah. Cuz he's probably like he's probably been next to like Vin Diesel and and Arnold Schwarzenegger and shit like that. And like they're big dudes, but like Vin Diesel, if memory serves, I think he's like five eleven, six feet. Arnold Schwarzenegger's like six foot two, and you know, I mean, he's he's got him in width for sure. But oh, definitely. But like Vince Vaughn is still like five six inches taller than these people. Yeah, um, it's amazing how like he shaves his head and suddenly like he's not approachable. No, no, no. I I would probably not ask that man for a dollar. No, no. not without getting some moss. <laughs> gotta get some moss. Gotta get Bucket that moss. moss. So, okay, we got Vince Vaughn. Um, total shock here. We also had Jennifer Carpenter. And I think um, the most recognizable role that she's been in, at least for me, was in the show Dexter. Yeah, I agree. That, the I sister. think that's her most most iconic role. Um, I don't... What else has she really been in? If you're not familiar with that show... Holy cow. I, I click on her link here in, uh, in IMDb, and I've got a, a picture of... Of Dexter. She was in the show Limitless. She was the main character's FBI handler. Now, did she have a limit in that show? She did not. Wow. That is an aptly named show. Yeah. No limits. Interesting. Well, the only limit she had was, you know, less government 
uh, restrictions, which, let's be fair, are quite a few. But she seemed to get away with a lot of shit. Yeah. Government. Right. right? Tell me about it. Yeah, so uh, Jennifer Carpenter, we also had... Uh... We got Don Johnson in this movie. Don. Uh, he was in um, Miami Vice. We just got Miami Vice on the television. Hey, man, Miami Vice is number one new show. Yes, excellent. <laughs> really, like, really subtle Euro trip plug there. Loving it. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Django Unchained. He played Big Daddy. Big Daddy. We also had Udo Kier. Yeah. Who, okay, you are, I. you know what? I guarantee you're not going to recognize his name, but you will likely recognize his accent. Yes. He has a um a very memorable delivery. I I could attempt to um attempt it. I, I attempt it. Fire away. I can't, I can't even do it. <laughs> I can't it's it's a very like it's a sophisticated German uncomfortable vibe. I don't know. Like how how would you describe his accent? Terrifying. It's, yeah. Yeah, like the last sound you hear before you die via scalpel. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> articulate and unnerving while also being, like, intelligent and, well, I'm just going to throw it back in there, unnerving. Yeah. He's, he's basically in every horror movie ever since the history of time. Yeah. Like, motherfuckers all over the place. He's definitely one of those people that um, you're going to look at him and you're going to say, oh, that guy. Yeah, very much so. Very much. Uh, who else we got in this? Uh, Mark Blucas. I don't know if uh, any of you are Buffy the Vampire Slayers, but he played Riley, um, which was an integral character in the later parts of the show, season five and six. So I seem to see him pop up everywhere, uh, but I will always forever know him okay. from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, again, I'm sorry, rewinding the tape to Udo Kier, he's in a lot of stuff, and you're going to know his face, and, and listeners, you may know, like, bit pieces that he was in. Uh, I think the one I was trying to track down that I finally found was in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. He was yeah. Ron Cam. Oh, my Cam. God, you're right. <laughs> he was the guy that that uh, he was uh, Courtney Cox's connection that uh, uh, Ace, like, went into his, like, dolphin tank or some shit. Yes. Or shark, shark tank. Holy Shark shit. tank. Yeah, that guy. He was, like, he walked with a cane and shit. So I just, I knew, I was like, there's some something big I'm missing. So that's probably really it. Yeah, that's it on big names for sure. Yeah. Um, and even, you could argue that they aren't really big names. Um, Vince Vaughn is definitely the star character in this. The character, if you will. The stereotype. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, like Marcus having like just just small strokes, not huge ones. Yeah. Just little little itty bitty strokes. Yeah. So strokes. this movie was two hours and fourteen minutes long. It felt long. It didn't necessarily drag on to me. I don't um, think it felt like two hours and fourteen minutes. No. Like no. I, felt, I thought it felt like an hour and forty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's certainly longer, but um, the pacing of it was decent enough. Like I, I never got bored. It was pretty quick. Um, it you know shot for shot the the scenes with the dialogue took quite a bit. There were a lot of pauses between dialogue, but that's because they're just a lot of powerful lines. But the scenes themselves moved pretty quickly, and you got a a, a real feel for the story. Now, would we recommend this movie? Whoa. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. Here we go. Um, Mark's tightening his belt. <laughs> I don't... Uh, okay. 
Okay, let's let's get specific here. If, yes. If we are if we are defining recommendation by, hey Mark, you want to see this movie? It's going to change you, <laughs> man. Uh, then I will say yes. I would recommend this movie because I walked out of it <clears throat> feeling like I've experienced something that I haven't before, and I'm grateful for that. However, if you are saying, is this for the average person? Is this for the? Would you recommend it to your grandmother? Wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't that was a hard pass um in fact i don't know too many people in my life that i would recommend so i'm gonna say that i don't recommend this movie however if you are a fan of cinema and you're a fan of going through an emotional roller coaster it's definitely worth a watch it's definitely worth a watch i think um, but it's so niche it is very niche yeah. and it's gonna make a lot of people uncomfortable and <sighs> we'll get into it with spoilers yeah what do you got, Jackson? Jackson, Jackson, Flaxen, Laxen? Um, I would not recommend this movie. I, <laughs> I, There's like no caveats, no. Other, other than the people that are sitting in this room that watched it with me tonight, I cannot think of a single person in my life that would enjoy this movie. <laughs> I know some of those people, and I can endorse that opinion. <laughs> not, not one person I've ever met would I tell them, hey, you should watch Brawl and Cell Block 9. Nope. Mm-mm. Okay, it was 99. All right. Okay, so was, I, was off by a, I was off by 91 cells. It was 11 times better than <laughs> Brawl and Cell Block 9. All right. It was 11 times more impactful <laughs> than Cell Block 9. You know what? And that's math. Yeah. yeah. Look it up. Math, math. Is, math is hard science. Um, I, nope. <laughs> Recommendation is a hard pass. So there's um, a two three out of it. But what do you got? Uh, honestly, Mark, I got to throw my my hat in your camp. Like, I I don't go as flat no as Jackson does. I think there are caveats. I would recommend this to myself and to very 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 specific people. I don't have a very long list of people who would fit the bill for like, oh yeah, just go check out the movie there. Yeah, it's probably best. Yeah. <laughs> um so so overall I would say no. I would not recommend. But with with a, a small caveat of like I actually kind of enjoy this movie. It's not the greatest movie I've ever seen. But there's definitely artistic value to it. Yeah, oh, yeah. like I, I I jam on it. I shouldn't say jam on it, but but I enjoy it. It's not there's not everything is Everything is not great in this movie, but there are elements of it that I think were well done. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. I'm happy that I watched it, but user beware, watcher beware. Mm-hmm. There's certainly um, a disclaimer. Yeah. I don't know if I'm glad that I watched it. <laughs> you know, this is this is one of those experiences. It's kind of like, you know, if I never come across this movie again, I, yeah, I'd probably be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm just saying, like, had you not watched it, would you ever watch it? probably not so you know before tonight i had never known that it existed so i probably would continue on in that so at a bare minimum this is a unique experience it's definitely a unique experience that's a win let's get tattoos Oh, man. I, I already all, have one. We're all getting tat. No, to commemorate watching of Subblock 99. Yeah. It'll just be like uh, B, C, Fucking, I'm not good with acronyms. BCB99. There it is. I yep. think mine would just say no. Are we really going to like melt a comb letters. into our skin? Like, are we going to go real prison tattoo here? Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna say no on that one. All right. I, okay. Um, under my list of special skills, I do actually know 
how to make a prison tattoo gun out of a portable CD player, a guitar string, and a ballpoint pen. Did you okay, MacGyver? I have. I I had this. Oh, and a pencil. I need a pencil. Okay, that's the important part. I have. I had. I had this described to me, and then out of curiosity, I actually manufactured one of these one time. Did not tattoo myself. Wait, but you have a daughter. I do. Did you tattoo her? I may have. Oh my god. Yes. It happens. So can we spoil this mother effer? Are, are we ready oh. to go? You really went like fucking Foghorn Leghorn on yeah. that one. I say, I say. <laughs> yeah. So this movie opens up and I am so confused as to whether we should be rooting for the protagonist or terrified of him yes the answer is yes six of one half a dozen of the other god so like i don't know if it's the it's it's not the opening scene but like the guy gets canned and there's fired 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 hard fired and winds up just destroying his wife's car like just punches his fist to be fair he found out she was cheating yeah that's an excuse yep that's that's a rational response Okay. Defend I, this. <laughs> you have walked into a corner. I'd love to see you wiggle out of it. I, I don't know. If, if I got fired and I like my I found out my wife was cheating on me, like And if you were a giant And if I was big enough man, and like strong enough and you'd punch manly through a window to... and tear off the hood of your wife's car? I mean, maybe. This man, I, I can't guarantee I wouldn't do that. This man legitimately walked up to his wife's car after she sending her... She was not her, in it. She no, was not in no, it. No, no, no. After sending You're her right. inside. She, he sent her inside. After, like, just... After destroying her phone. Oh, yeah, he Yeah, he picked up her shit. phone, bent it in half, and threw it at the wall. Then punched through the window and broke the driver's side mirror... With his hand. Yeah, it was just really... Okay, okay, let's look, talk about that for a second, because it was this really awkward, like, toggling back and forth between, like, feats of genuine strength and aggression, like, punching through the side window, and then he reached in and very intentionally selected the rearview mirror and ripped it off, which takes virtually no strength at all, yeah. and then just threw it. Yeah. <laughs> that, was his, that was his solution. And then, like, he punches the fucking hood hood of the car and he like five punches and then he rips the hood of the car off with his bare hands and then he like punches out the headlight okay all very impressive feats but then he like rips the headlight out of the car yeah a very specific feature that he reached into the shattered like headlight housing and ripped the headlight out and then threw it on the ground which i can attest i've installed many headlights and they're difficult to get out the right way so to rip it through the mounting bracket and pull it through the socket is impressive. I'm just I'm just gonna lay it out. I feel like that's buried somewhere deep in the Kama Sutra is is rip it out the mounting bracket and bury it deep in the socket. Yeah. That's a sex joke. <laughs> yeah. So we walked around the edge of that one. So he then like walks inside and like I'm thinking at the time, like, okay domestic violence straight up gonna murder his wife holy fuck (laughs) like i it's it's very uncomfortable it's very like i felt like i was watching like um cops like a clockwork orange oh you know where like the protagonist is a bad guy 
you know. He's an anti-hero. Yeah, very much. Well, just anti. Or a, or an antagonist. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't. He he goes in, he sits down on the couch. Well, he tells his wife to sit down because he wants to talk. So we're still terrified at this moment. But then he, like, does this weird switch up where he he's articulate and he's patient and he's empathetic. And under, yeah, and super understanding. Yeah. And so, like, it makes you really uncomfortable. Like, are these acts of violence primal to him? Or is this him, like, exercising his adrenaline on something inanimate? Yeah, no, I think it's the second one. I think this dude, when he gets angry, it, like, immediately materializes into something physical. And he's like, well, I might as well rip the car apart so I don't rip my wife apart. Yeah, I would agree with both, though. Like, because I feel like... He recognizes that it's this sort of primal rage, and he's sort of got a leash on it. So he directs it in a constructive way. It's still very destructive. It's very destructive, but it's not destructive to a person. So I feel like it's slightly better. Yeah, oh no, totally. Albeit more expensive. Totally. Which which I kind of like... I respect it a little bit. I kind of, yeah, and I kind of get that. Like, I, you know... I've punched what? holes in drywall before. I get it. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're a 20-something white guy. Of course you've punched holes in drywall. Well, yeah! <laughs> we almost called you Kyle. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> Where's my monster? Yeah. But he doesn't direct any of it towards his wife, which is, like, it's it's almost, I don't want to say it's like it's weird, but, like, you would expect him to be threatening to her. And, like, he was in the same way, like, an elephant is threatening to... A kitten. A kitten. But, like, he doesn't loom over her. He doesn't threaten her verbally or really even physically. So we're still in the first 10 minutes, and, like, it's difficult to put a bead on this guy. Yeah, no, totally. And in that scene, basically, like, it gets revealed that they had earlier lost a child. They don't ever really go into... Like, I get the impression that it may have been during the pregnancy, but it also could... They didn't go into detail. The child may have been born and died in, like, early childhood. So, basically, like, that's looming heavy on their marriage. And he's also, like, he works really weird hours and long hours. And that was a stressor. And, you know, he wasn't making very much money. And and basically what ended up happening was he decides to work for a friend of his running drugs, essentially, because he knows that he can make a lot of money doing that. And their intention, leaving this powwow let's call it this this like discussion of their feelings after it gets revealed that he lost his job and she's been cheating for three months they left that meeting with this idea that like they're going to work on the marriage and they're going to try Try again again. which is awesome not so great that like his idea for solving their monetary problems is let's uh, have a baby oh no i was gonna say I'm going to run drugs to make sure we can afford this kid. Well, it's interesting. Maybe that's not the best. (laughs) Well, she says that and like, he kind of like rephrases it and says, he's just going to deliver packages for a friend. And at the time I'm thinking, okay, he's just being coy, but like that is sort of the way he seems to approach it in that. Like it is very black and white. He's not going to use, you know, it's, it's very much like I'm going to take this from a, to be he's a ups man yeah like he's not looking to get dirty he's not looking to to be flashy he's also got a little like element of jason statham in the transporter 
Sort of. You know, very professional, very like, I don't ask questions, I do the thing, I'm a middleman, I'm not the person who's slinging this shit on the street, I'm also not the kingpin, I literally just move stuff from one place to the other, very professional, he's got his own, his own vehicle dedicated solely to this, so it stays out of his personal life. Yeah. Switches out the license plate, parks it in an unknown location, like, he's he's got shit like really well indexed and worked out, and he's got rules that he abides by. Yeah, so um, he gets a phone call uh, while he's talking to his wife. Um, it flashes forward 18 months, and so he ends up meeting with his boss, and basically it gets revealed that there's this new big job, and he's he's tapping on, on Vince Vaughn's character because he's uh, his most... Trusted? De- trusted, dependable guy. He doesn't say this, but it, the dude is also like a fucking one-man wrecking crew. He's oh, absolutely. So, like, yeah. I would shit also, goes sideways. I want him in my corner. I would yeah. also tap this guy. <laughs> yeah, tap that ass. Well, I feel like he would. He would tap it for you. Yeah, yeah. like a keg. Um. <laughs> so I, I think I'm comfortable moving forward. Stop me if you guys are if we're moving too quick here. But basically, the job happens. Things go sour, and there's a shootout with the cops. And one thing leads to another, he's incarcerated. I think it's important to note that in that uh, shootout with the cops, Vince Vaughn, right before it, he's he's working with the associates of this other dr- drug kingpin, not his boss, but, but somebody he's partnering with. And the stipulations of the pickup for these drugs was he's in charge and they have to listen to him. And he basically tells them to ditch the drugs and they don't listen to him. And they run ahead, get into a shootout with these cops, and he ends up basically intervening on behalf of the cops and killing one of the the guys. And the other guy gets arrested with him, but doesn't die. And as a result, this drug kingpin now knows that Vince Vaughn betrayed them and killed the one guy, attacked the other, and basically because of this the events of the movie are set into motion yeah like mark said you know flash forward 18 months later you see him getting interviewed by a detective that wait wait isn't it 18 months was the the distance between him deciding oh to, that's to right dr- deal run drugs and then that's right and then i remember yeah, but um, yeah, but like like a like a day. Yeah, like flash so, forward a day. So and... he gets arrested during the shootout. He gets questioned by this detective. He says, "Hey, give me names, give me information, give me anything I can run on, and maybe we'll be nice to you." Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that. Give me which that I which I desire. desire you know? Ooh yeah. <laughs> you went like you you went from fucking like Metallica to Macho Man Randy Savage real quick there. Ooh, snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> I got you for three whole minutes as the cream rises to the top, yeah. Three minutes of playtime. So, he, uh... (laughs) Mark's face is so good. So, Macho Man Randy Savage is interviewing with the detective, and the detective is basically like, give me anything I can run with, and maybe we'll be nice to you. And he's like, yeah, that's not how I operate. I'm gonna do my time. I did the crime, so... Uh, slap some irons on me and call it a day. Yeah, no, he was really fucking stoic about it. His Which, again, I think sort of speaks to the Jason Statham vibe where, like, he's a professional's professional. It's not his first time. Yeah, it's not yeah. his first rodeo. He has a brief stint with his wife where he basically tells her, don't show up at court. Like, he, he very much just swallows the pill 
and is I'm just going to do my time and be done with it. I'm not going to narc on anybody, which, I mean, that, that is his plan. He goes to prison, and then he more or less receives a phone call from a man claiming to be the obstetrician of his wife. However, it is not the obstetrician. No, it's like his second day in prison, and he's meeting with his case officer, and she's like... Okay, normally we go over our cases, but in this instance, we got a call from your your wife's obstetrician. He wants to meet with you, and Vince Vaughn goes to meet with him. And I don't think this man had a medical degree. Mm, I would venture to guess not. Basically, he identifies himself as an employee of the organization that was the second half of the the deal gone bad in the um the big bad boss in the earlier scenes. And what has basically happened is they have kidnapped his wife and they are holding both his wife and his unborn child hostage and they are threatening violence upon the unborn child in a in a, in a weird sort of twist where they're like they're sort of like insinuating that the child will survive but will be disfigured yeah they like brought in an abortionist from korea who's like i mean this is this is it's very unique to this movie, like, what they said would happen, but I feel like this is a tactic. Maybe it's used in real life. I don't know. It's really fucked up, but, like, I think it's used in a lot of crime films where it's like, we brought in an expert who knows how to do this thing, and it's really fucked up, and they're going to do it for us. Like, like, and I, they even parody that in, like, Spaceballs. Yeah. You know, and it's like, they're going to give her back her old nose. They bring in this, like, black market plastic surgeon to do, like, a reverse rhinoplasty on her. Like, yeah. this fucking, it's funny. <laughs> yeah so, this is this is le- less funny less less funny much less funny yeah not, um, not a lot of laughs but but a similar theme where basically like this person was gonna amputate in the womb which is yeah, pretty fucked up really fucked up um but basically it's it's hey we are going to commit these acts of violence upon your wife and an unborn child unless you kill this person who is in a different prison in a specific cell block of that prison. So he doesn't he doesn't really have any choice in the matter. He's he he ends up uh, beating the shit out of the guards. Yeah, so the other the other facility is a maximum security facility and he doesn't know this yet, but cell block 99 is the maximum security prison within the maximum security prison. So yeah. basically what he has to do is get into enough trouble that he progressively moves to uh, the worst prison in the world yeah so it starts with this guard who's actually like a really cool guy and it fucking sucks like and i i honestly though i like that part of the movie as terrible as it was because it shows the desperation like you're a nice person you kind of gave me some shit but like we're talking about the guard here like the guard kind of razzed him a bit on the way in but he had basically like apologized and said like i didn't mean to to give you shit blah 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 and then vince vaughn like fucking attacks him and just shatters his arm oh my god it's like the most brutal fucking thing he snaps his arm like a goddamn twig at the end of the at the end of like what is a pretty a pretty like, lengthy boxing match yeah. between these two? Like they're squaring off, and it's going back and forth between like pretty brutal punches and like a nightstick, you know, getting a, getting a couple whacks, and they end up on the ground, and Vince Vaughn just snaps his fucking arm like almost off, like ninety degrees backwards, and yeah. the bone is sticking out of the skin. There's blood on the floor, and the guy loses consciousness. Like Which it is totally some serious nonsense. Yeah, but the way that he fights is like a drunken numb fighting. Where like 
hit him in the face with a two by four and he just straightens his face and continues on like, like homer simpson in a boxing match yeah, yeah that's actually a good way of it's 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 weird because it, like he he can't he doesn't show any like physical signs of discomfort really except for that one time he got hit in the head with a two by four and he said you know it doesn't it doesn't hurt here or here but right here yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was a pivot into tommy boy yeah i'm, I'm glad we're here Fat guy um, and a little cold. <laughs> so his strategy works out. He gets he gets transported over to this uh, maximum security prison, and he's immediately met by the warden, who is putting on the full theatrics, cigar in mouth, all know, black, cowboy par- boots, paramilitary fucking gear, like yeah. like jack booted stormtroopers behind him with assault rifles, like. This oh, is... they were shotguns. Yeah. They probably had a variety. They were probably dealing whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, begging him to give them a reason to kill him, basically. And he is put into this particular cell. This is not cell block 99 yet. This is, like, the worst. 35. 35? It was but... actually 56. Was it 56? Yep. Actually, yep. Maybe it was initially right. 35. No. no, it was initially 12. No. It's... It was initially 45. What? And they put him in 56. I'm pretty sure it was 12, but this we'll is, have to look that up. Now I'm curious. This is not an arena where I have any ammunition. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm like 90% sure that they were going to put him in 45, and the warden says, you meant 56. And it was very clearly like 56 was an undesirable cell. And the uh, corrections officer looks at the warden and goes, oh, yeah, I, I, I read it wrong. I meant 56. Um, yep, uh, okay, take him to 56 then. Well, I suppose, based on your, your previous qualification, you know, this is a useless fact, and, uh, I, I trust your, your memory. <laughs> I'm not willing to concede this is a fact, but it's fair. Oh, we it's will, fair. I, I'm curious now, but... We got a 90%, it, maybe it, like a 60, 55%? 56 does sound convincing. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like 60% in favor 60%? Of, of 56 right now. So we got a 90%, a 60%. But I feel like that first one was, was in the, in the teens. Maybe. I have no idea. <laughs> That's why they call me Mr. Pig. That is why they call you Mr. Pig. Um, so anyway, he gets, he gets <laughs> I just like, sent. <laughs> didn't even laugh at that. I just agreed. That's why they call you that. Yes. That's, this, they, this. They, they call you that. And by that. On Easter Island. The they really is just this room. These four walls. That's what they demean me. <laughs> Three walls. In this uh, in this shitty cell block. And I, I mean that literally. Like there, he jokes around with them that there is a toilet in here. But it, it just doesn't work. Is, yeah, but that doesn't stop people from using it. That's what he says. <laughs> so it is just this vile refuse of a cubicle that he's put in. Um, and uh, at one point, you know, they, they pull him out. They say, all right, here's your 15 minutes of sunlight. Don't F it up or you'll regret it, basically. Yeah. What, 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 is, what does he do, Mark? Uh, well, he ends up just uh, <laughs> shattering some more arms because his goal is to make... Well, he, he's asking people, do you know this person? And he, he hears about this cell block 99, and that's where they put like the, the people who are mentally unstable, the child rapists, like the, the people, the, the undesirables. And so <laughs> The he, undesirables in a maximum security prison. This is where the undesirables in a maximum security prison go. Yeah, so he basically says, that's where I'm going. So the quickest way to do that is to just wreck the yard. Which he does. He does quite effectively. In spades. 
Yeah. Again, cut me off if you guys got want to add more color to this 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 picture here. But he basically then gets moved on. I I would I would like to briefly mention the the scene where he fucking he just takes out like a a fucking do, dozen the hardened gang members and takes two barbells to the fucking back. Yeah, which is absolutely like that my back hurt watching that. And then another dude like took one to the face and it killed him. <laughs> and it killed him. Pretty much. <laughs> so, for some reason the guards decide not to execute him yet and they end up moving him to uh this cell block 99, which is like this weird Harry Potter-esque hallway where like they there's like a bookcase that they like push out of the way. Yeah, this is the prison that doesn't exist in the prison. Yeah, this is where the the fire marshal does not check. You know, <laughs> there are no sprinklers here. In fact, they there are no sprinklers. <laughs> yeah, you be walking down the hall and you're like, well, this is just a fire hazard. Yeah, very much, <laughs> I guess. But they like they put him into his cell, and his cell it's almost comical. But it's just covered in broken glass on the floor, just to rub it in. Like an inch thick of broken glass. Yeah. And, uh, well, he cuts himself a bit. Yeah, he's, he gets, gets, gets a little doodle. Oh, uh, hang on. Boo-boo. Let's go back a little bit here. They put on a belt that is like this weird, like, shock collar. You know, we've got this button. We push the button, and it, um, it causes you excruciating abdominal pain. Yeah, think of, like, the ab blaster from, like, fucking late-night television that sends electric shocks to your abs meets, uh, fucking Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's just this weird, like, a straight jacket would have been way more, um... Practical? Yeah. Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. <laughs> Whoa. Um, Mark is like evaluating this critically. Perhaps. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that that would be a good option. So he spends some time <laughs> in his uh, in his glass cell, and uh, is brought out and is told, "Hey, you've got some visitors, and these happen to be the gang that he had." Yeah. I mean, we'll say we, he double crossed him, but no, not the gang really. he just fucked up in the yard. No. This is the the like legit criminal enterprise, like the the cartel that um, he f- sort of fucked over in the beginning of the film that sort of set the events of the film in motion. Yeah, and uh, they just kind of reiterate that we have your um, your wife hostage. Yeah, how does that scene end? They beat the shit out of him, and yeah. he wakes up in his cell. And basically, it is now understood that the person he was sent there to kill on behalf of these people who just fucking beat him up, doesn't exist. Basically, the reason why they said that was to get him to fight his own way to a situation where they're just going to, like, torture him daily and just beat the shit out of him. So, yeah, he's not in a not in a good way. No. No. Um, yeah, he's in a tight spot. And I think it, I think it just fucking goes off from there. Like, do we want to round this out? Yeah, I think that kind of... It's really straightforward. He basically, like, the next day, the guards show up again, and they're, like, gonna take him back to that cell so these people can just beat the shit out of him again, and he fucking attacks the two guards in a really fucking savage way, breaks one of their guns, traps one in his cell, and then the motherfucker, like tries to come out and With, he like head first yeah like head first and he yeah. fucking like he slams the cell door on the dude's head and like he he's trying to be merciful 
Like, he tried to keep the dude in the cell, and then the cell just, you know, opens up and he just shuts the door. Didn't mean for the dude's head to be in the doorframe. He slams the door, and he's just like, ugh, damn it. The other guard looks at him, he goes, you killed him. He goes, I know what I did. <laughs> and just shuts the door. And it's just like, the fuck just happened? You just, you just, what, what? you just turned this guy's brain into soup. All right? You cracked his skull. You, he, the man's leaking. The man is leaking. <laughs> oh. I have feelings. I had feelings when watching the scene. I have feelings now. <laughs> they are similar feelings. Jackson will never put his head through a doorway again. Nope. O- he is going to go in and out of buildings only through windows. Yes. God damn. To to avoid his head being turned into soup. Big old windows. That so, open from the bottom so nothing can fall on me. Yeah. Except the window. Well, the, you climb over the window, you know? Like like the case, the double-hung case window where it slides mm. down and then you crawl over the top. That way the panel can't slide down and get you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I thought this through. You're, you're going to really, like, require some specific windows in your yeah, life. Yeah, my architect is going to be pissed. Yeah. That's true. So there's like this weird standoff where he's holding the remaining breathing guard hostage, basically. Yeah. So he goes. He goes to the uh, to the cell of his friends, the cartel, and mm-hmm. and all that, all them's bullshit. Yeah. And shit goes down real fast. And there's this like fucking guy who. So there's like four people in the cell. One is like that cartel, like the head guy, Eliezer. Yeah. One is the guy that he didn't kill in that, like, drug raid in the beginning. Ramon. <laughs> or or Greg. It's true. Could, it could have been Greg. It's Ramon, but it could have uh, been Greg. There was a third guy that I recognized. I think he was, like, one of the people, one of the gentlemen who got fucked up in the yard when he first arrived at... Oh, at, Nectat. Yeah, yeah Nectat. I, that's, that's his only name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but there was a fourth guy, and Jeremy. Like, his yeah, Jeremy. It was definitely Jeremy. He. It actually was Jeremy. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because he did say it in that scene. <laughs> right. You're right. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> but like this guy, it's never explained why he's there. But literally, all he does the entire scene, like the two scenes that take place in this fucking cell are him just like practicing very outlandish borderline kung fu style martial arts on a stack of tires in the corner he doesn't speak he just beats up these tires while everybody else conducts business it is wild yeah it was it was very off-putting when we first walk into the to the cell and he's just off in the corner punching the shit out of some car tires Everybody else sitting down, listening to music, just chilling. And this is just like classic Jeremy. Right? Uh, <laughs> oh, Jeremy. If I had a nickel. Right? <laughs> the psycho's just punching away at the tires. <laughs> yeah. As if to say, like, this is going to be relevant later. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Actually, actually, I think that is, like, the implication that, like, they're just trying to drive home the point that this guy knows his way in, a, like, around a fight and... Like none of this bears fruit. No, 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 it does not. And in what is probably the best scene in the entire movie, Vince Vaughn. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so excited to say this on on recorded on live television. I'm saying yes. this. Vince Vaughn walks in 
engages in, let's say, pleasantries. Yeah, pleasantries, and and then and then mutual combatants with Jeremy, and proceeds to how do I say how should I say this? Fuck him up with a rubber boot. Yeah. Um, he absolutely fucking destroys this guy, and then he... Is a face stomp? He steps on the back of his head, and then tells the people, like, if you don't do exactly what I say, I'm gonna kill him. And they don't do what he says. So... And he fucking stomps on this guy's face, drags his foot, and scrapes the guy's face off, and then crunches it with a hard stomp. But here's the best part. He flips the body over so the audience gets a nice, good, long <laughs> look at what used to be a face. A human yeah. face. Yeah, it's very much... I, I think I, I mentioned this earlier, but, like, it's a two-dimensional face. Like, like this, this is some shit out of Mortal Kombat, all right? <laughs> this was the fatality that we were waiting two hours for. Honestly, it very well could have been a finishing move in Mortal oh, Kombat. That's my true. God. To be quite frank, though, like biologically speaking, I'm not sure if that is what we would see or not. I don't think it's physically possible. I don't know. It was, it was, uh, um, disturbing. <sighs> it was amazing. I had feelings. <laughs> Jackson had feelings. I had lots of feelings. <sighs> Damn movies making me feel feelings. Yeah. Oh, I felt feelings. <laughs> so he beats the snot out of everybody. And then threatens Mr. Kingpin. He kills everybody else. Yeah. Like he, again, with head stomps and with, with like one of the dudes, he just like, or no, that was in the yard. I was going to say he broke his back, but He yeah. turned a couple heads inside out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, uh, he, the mountains, somebody, he puts his thumbs through their eye sockets. Yep. Yep. He does just do a, that. Just a casual. And then, oh, and then that same guy, he like flips him around and he starts like fucking like, dropping elbows on the top of his spine, as like right at the base of his skull. As if it's necessary to do anything else to somebody after you've put your thumbs into their eyeballs. Like, yeah, that's a KO. That is a KO. <laughs> that's knocked out, motherfucker. <laughs> this, like, he's done. This next this next part of the scene, though, Sorry, was mom. probably... Uh, <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Did you say that to your mom? <laughs> it was probably... <laughs> Ironically enough, it was one of the most satisfying parts of the movie for me. Eleazar is the guy that, you know, put the hurt on on Vince Vaughn's character, Bradley Thomas. So he's getting his comeuppance. So Bradley walks over to him. Uh, Eleazar has just completed a call saying, hey, uh, go ahead with the abortion because this is not going to take long. And then... Bradley walks over to him and Eleazar says, you know, something to the effect of, hey, if they don't hear from me in an hour, you're not going to have a kid. And Vince Vaughn just like punches him in the face and grabs the phone and then just keeps punching till the guy's on the ground. And he's like, you better call him, right? You better talk to your guys. And he's like, nope, not going to do it. So... This is where Bradley's bone-breaking skills come into effect. Some skillful negotiation. He takes the man's leg. <laughs> and it's a great way to start. It's it's like the it's the get out your bag of flour. Yeah. Of of bone breaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so puts he, his leg on the workbench. He grabs he grabs the man's <laughs> leg by the foot, and then very carefully places his hand 
at the top arc of the knee. Now this is a very careful placement. You gotta be specific about where you put your hand because the bone might not break in the desired effect. So he then puts pressure, uh, even pressure. You wanna make sure that it's consistent, mm. otherwise your results won't be uh, quite as consistent as, as you would like them to. 12 to 15 pounds of even pressure Correct. all across the yeah. Line. And then he just very forcefully and quickly bends it in a way that it's not designed to do. You hear a nice loud crack, and that's how you know that you've successfully destroyed the man's leg. And that's uh, that's breaking a leg, home improvement style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, he fucking straight up snaps oh this guy's femur oh. with a red stick. Yeah, no, he, he very quickly <laughs> um, convinces him to call off his dog. Convinces him. Yes. But it doesn't stop there. Yes, he had the, a very genteel parlay with <laughs> this man. <laughs> he then grabs him by the leg that he's just ruined and drags him across the floor all the way back to his own cell. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> proceeds to take the phone and have a nice, lively little chat with our German friend and Ooh. negotiates... A hostage transfer. Yeah, and he actually comes up with a pretty brilliant idea. So he is still on good terms with the guy who he was employed by, the the actual drug kingpin that he knew from back in the day. And his idea was that creepy German fellow would transfer his wife to this guy's care. And that way he could speak to him and his wife on the phone and know that she's okay. Yeah, so they do that. And it's actually pretty awesome because the German guy like kicks her out of the car and like he's also there with the abortionist and he starts to like back away and the guy to whose care she got transferred, uh, Gil, he like goes to the bushes and pulls out an assault rifle and just fucking wrecks them both as they're pulling out. So that was that was satisfying. Yeah. The closest moment that I can describe to wholesome is when she grabs the assault rifle and straight up murders the abortionist that tried to kill her child. That's wholesome. I feel like just that clip right there is this movie. Pregnant mother grabs assault rifle, murders Asian doctor. Asian the abortionist. End. Yes. And absorptionist. <laughs> Woof. Woof. So, yeah, he drags Mr. Mr. Drug Kingpin Feller back to his cell and it's kind of funny because he's waiting on the phone call to hear that his wife has been successfully transferred and she's safe and meanwhile the warden and all of his goons have shown up and they're basically having a conversation with him and he kind of cuts a deal with him he's like listen i'm waiting for this phone call if you try and come in i'll kill the the remaining guard who's not dead basically just wait and then i'll i'll let you in yeah i'll let you in like i I just need you to give me that time. And so he does. He gets his phone call, ends up talking to his wife, realizing she's safe. And then he he also stipulated that beyond the course of the phone call, he gets one minute. And he uses that one minute to, how shall we say, stomp a human head clear off the body into a puddle of shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. There is, like, literally a shithole in the corner, and he fucking stomps on this guy's neck whilst his head is in the hole until his head separates from his body. He done stepped ahead into a turlet. (laughs) That's the first time you've probably said that. Yeah, that's Georgia justice. (laughs) Wow. 
So everybody's happy. Uh, protagonist dies. Uh, oh yes, we should mention that. Oh the, yeah. The 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 guards and the warden come in and just kill him. Yeah, basically, like he turns around and you're sort of like, are they going to kill him? Are they going to arrest him? And sure enough, the warden pulls out a gun and like shoots him through the chest and through the head, and his head basically explodes and it's the cut only, to black. It is the only rational response. Like the man's murdered multiple people. Guards. Guards. Yeah. <laughs> he murdered the guards. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the movie. Uh, woof. 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 Um. Again, I I have to reiterate. I don't recommend this movie. <laughs> I just have to say it again. Nobody okay. Okay. Wins. So so here's a question though. What did you like about the movie? I liked the cinematography. Uh, the writing. Okay, okay. Get, get more specific than cinematography. Okay, so I, I really appreciated some of the artful and creative shots uh, that were made in this movie. Specifically, the shots sort of transformed after he actually went to prison. And I don't know how much of that was they were working out of a building where they didn't have much space. Um, but in the, the first half of the movie, when we're getting to know our protagonist and his uh, uh, accomplices and nemeses uh the shots are fairly wide you get to you get to meet the people you get you don't get a whole lot of close-ups on the faces um but once we transition into the prison zone everything is up close and personal lots of close-ups of faces and bodies lots of you know just intimate shots a lot of wide angle shots too yeah and i think a large part of it was again the limited space that they had to film but i think it was intentional in that they were trying to portray this is not a comfortable environment this is not an area where you can stretch your legs there's not a canvas in the corner to practice your painting this is a prison cell you have a five by five with a shitty turlet in the corner and that is it and so they they were very up close and personal with the cinematographer and i just really enjoyed the transition the very clear you know dichotomy between the two sides of his life it's like a paper that i read on cells it was entitled cells are bad mm. yeah it's it starts something to the effect of cells are bad my uncle lives in a cell it's five by five, and he has to read the same old boring magazine every day. That could be an the evolution joke. And I believe it is. <laughs> I do believe it is. It's a good. It's a good movie. It is solid. <laughs> yeah. Things I didn't like about this movie. No, did like. Did like. Did like. Did like. Um. There's a few. No, I I enjoyed that. Like, I felt like I fucking went through something, and. <laughs> you know, even if what I'm going through is just get, getting through the muck, and like. It's it's a difficult experience, and I feel dirty afterward. Like, if I went through something, if I experienced something, for me, that's the quota that I'm looking to hit when I watch a movie. Mm-hmm. If I'm if a movie doesn't make me feel anything, if I like, I can't get into it. Like, that's the mark of a shitty movie to me. But this, I I was invested. Invest? Nope, not invested. I was <laughs> <laughs> I was a a passenger to a bumpy ride. You know, it was. It was a roller coaster. I felt things. I was upset. I was. I felt. You felt. I felt. 
And uh, I I liked that about it, you know, and almost in the same way, like a Dunkirk, you know, it's not about the narrative in that movie. It's about just the experience of that movie. This movie was an experience for me, you know. So you felt. I felt. I velvet. I think yeah. I think you leather. Mm. Uh, okay, so you know who was working fucking hard in this movie? Vince Vaughn. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the fucking Foley artist who was oh, working really fucking hard. Wow. And one of the things, I thought it was really cool. It got a little heavy-handed at one point, but from the very beginning, from the very first scene, dude, his footfalls were like solid beastly yeah it literally sounded like somebody vince vaughn's size walking in boots on like unsupported plywood yeah oh it was just like boom 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 every step he took you heard yeah even in prison slippers you heard his footfalls and i'm like damn this dude's beastly yeah yeah like it was a really effective thing to do very simple very effective but Man, that Foley artist was earning his keep. Also, with the very choice snaps and crunches of bone. Oh. Um, yeah, definitely that was... Uh, that was a decisive action. Th- th- the sound was amazing. And actually, I loved that all of this stuff was done in, with practical effects. Like It was a, a human getting their face shaved off on concrete with like a boot on the back of their head. And it was actually, like, somebody really stepping on, you know, a model of a... It wasn't, like, CG. It was it was very interesting. And and I'm always... I'm always a sucker for practical effects. Definitely. Um, what did we not like about this movie? Oh, <laughs> oh hang on, hang on. Hang on. I, I, I do want to go back real quick to what we liked. I, I thought the fucking, like, the violence in this movie was amazing. I know that's, like, a really fucking weird thing to no, say, but, I, like, it was so creative. I agree. It, it, you know, um, as somebody who enjoys violent movies, a lot of violence is very, like, trite. And this movie, the arm snaps and, like, the face stomping and all this shit, and, like, it was just, like, fucking not stuff you normally see in movies. And as a result, it tended to have a much more impactful effect, you know? It's, like... It's very visceral. Yeah, it's 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 like a horror movie that comes up with a new formula for deploying jump scares, and then you're like, oh, shit, and it gets you a couple times, and you're like, I like horror movies, I like jump scares, but a lot of jump scares sort of fall flat for me because so many people do them the same way. Right. But if you can blindside me, that is the point of a jump scare. It's like, if you can, if you can show me like a violent scene that makes me like cover my mouth and go, Oh shit. Like That happened a lot. That happened a lot. And that's like, to me, that's, that's a hallmark of like a really creative implementation of, of violence in, in a film. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was an intentional violence. Yeah. Oh, totally. It was for effect. What things, did we not like? Things I didn't like. Um, you know, I'll be I'll be honest. While I struggle with um with recommending this, if I'm trying to be critical about it, I can't think of a whole lot of things that I didn't like. Now, I guess very broadly, I didn't like necessarily like the subject matter of it. I don't like the idea of holding an unborn child as hostage. Like I felt like that was unnecessarily cruel, but that's I feel a, like that's the shock value, that's, though. That's, like, that's the point of, of it. So, And he's supposed to be this sort of, like, iron will, like, immovable type. The only way that you get that, you prod that steer along to, to do what you want is to do, is to basically threaten something that fucked up, you know? You can't say, we're gonna beat you up. 
<laughs> like, yeah. Like, a lot of people do crumble under that, but this motherfucker would not. You have to, like, do something demented. Yeah. Nothing about this felt cheap. Um, I don't have any easy criticisms for it other than just the subject matter being heavy and, and difficult to recommend. I thought the writing of the dialogue was decent. Ma- it's pretty good. Oh no, I was gonna say the opposite. I think it was. I thought it was subpar. Oh. I I did not find the dialogue very convincing. Um, I think Vince Vaughn's delivery was was good. Yeah, because that was kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, but I I don't think like the actual writing was very good. I would agree with that. The um especially the the extras and the bit parts in this movie. You know, a lot of their lines felt very much out of a tin can. Like. You know, here, pull your line out of a hat and say it convincingly. Caricatures. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely were. Uh, a couple of the, the prisoners in the cell blocks, they had very... It's something that you know you would hear it in a movie about prison, but I doubt that you would actually hear it in real life. And then, again, with with Vince Vaughn's lines, a lot of them were, were winners, but there were quite a few that it's like, really? You went there? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, and there is a scene where he is in a body of water that a grenade is tossed into. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the grenade explodes and he... Like five feet from him. He's fine, you know? So if we're going to get real sciency on this... Yeah, I do think not. that's actually... like So that's something that I don't have a great criticism for, but I think a lot of people in the general public would, is like... Like, I like it because this this dude is just, like, wrecking people, and he's, like... He's basically a superhero. But, like, the, you have to suspend disbelief because bottom line is, I don't care who you are, if you take two, like, swung barbells to the back, like, you're in the fucking hospital. Yeah. And there were a few instances where this dude was de- definitely taking abuse that your that nobody could take way more damage than any human body can withstand which i'm perfectly happy ignoring um but i don't think everybody is perfectly happy ignoring that one of the other things that i wasn't too keen on was and this is totally it's probably not a fair criticism because i yeah whatever it was like the tone of the movie i'm just really sensitive to like like the way the movie was shot where like a lot of it just felt very cold and I know it's like a weird thing, like, you know, people's fucking heads getting stomped in, and I'm like, it was, it felt cold! It felt a little, it, it felt a little chilly, but, like, it just, like, it felt very impersonal, you know, very yeah, clinical. this is true. And, like, I, like, the worst, the worst offender, in my opinion, was not the prison scenes. It was the new house that he got with his wife. It was just, like, bare, like, it's a gorgeous house, very expensive, but, like, bare gray walls, like... All the furniture, like, it looks like the kind of furniture that, like, real estate agents put in their houses to sell. It felt staged. Yeah, and it felt uh, sterile, almost. Like, mm-hmm. like just, I don't know why, I'm really sensitive to that kind of thing. And this movie had it in just droves, and as a result, I kind of had, like, an icky vibe for the just the general tone. Yeah. Yeah. There, oh, man. <laughs> There are many things about this movie that I did not like, but I it's not fair for me to impart those things onto the potential viewer because they are personal issues to me. The scene where they are descriptions of what they are going to do to this unborn child were, for me, borderline unwatchable. 
Um, if it were me watching this movie by myself, I would have turned it off at that point and never revisited it. It doesn't matter what comes next. It doesn't matter, you know, who recommended this. I probably would not turn it back on. Sort of a deal breaker issue for me, but I would have to say that that is my only real criticism is they could have gotten the end result and been less offensive. For example, they could have threatened physical harm to his wife that would have resulted in the death of his child and not the death of his wife and would have forced his wife to live with the fact that she had not carried a baby to term and it would have been the same end result. But the fact that they went into detailed description about dismembering and murdering a child very carefully, clinically, and surgically was not okay with me. Other than that, I would say my issues were with some of the caricatures and cliches that we get to see. Uh, the warden at, at Redleaf, the maximum security prison, was very much a cartoon character that had been surgically implanted onto a uh, principal actor. He was very much the, you know, the bad guy rode in on a black horse with a black with black boots and a black hat, smoking a black cigar. It was very obvious this guy was supposed to be the bad guy. And while that is somewhat important to the narrative, I feel like they could have made it a little bit less like a caricature and more of a real person. Yeah. Are we ready to uh, quote? I think so. Yeah. I, before we move on to there, I would agree with, with those sentiments. Like, there was an unnecessary descriptive nature to their cruelty. I'm going to respectfully maybe disagree. Like, I, I, I would agree unnecessary, but also, like, I feel like the point of a lot of this movie, like, what they were going for was to, like punch below the belt and like give you that shock value oh i i get so yeah. so was, i definitely like wasn't not punch i we probably should have like put a disclaimer before the spoilers that would like like this movie deals with some pretty like heavy content maybe i don't know maybe we covered it did we i a felt like if, if not we should go back and give it like a an asterisk and be like yeah yeah before well i guess we get we did three non-recommendations so <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right let's uh let's let's rate this bad boy um, Wait, well, we, we gotta go or quotes. quotes, 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 quotes. Um, I'll just throw mine in here. My usual flavor of quotes really wasn't applicable to this movie, so I, I threw out one that just kind of struck me. In the beginning, uh, before he's incarcerated, as the viewer, we're meeting with the drug kingpin that he happens to be working for, and so the dialogue is sort of serving the the, the purpose of like illustrating that he is, while he is on the side of the protagonist, he's still a piece of shit he's uh he's making some derogatory comments towards other people and he then kind of turns towards uh vince vaughn's character and says you know is that right or should i uh should i have said it uh this way and uh vince vaughn just kind of says yeah uh, don't know if anyone like you can say that word polite you know and i'll, I'll let i'll let the viewer kind of pick up on on what what we're talking about here but like while the, again the subject matter was was very aggressively offensive i appreciated the delivery don't know if anyone like you can say that word polite i that I just yeah kinda... you can you can imagine what what word we're talking you about you can pick up what we're putting down and it actually kind of was like funny because he's trying to basically rope vince vaughn into being like as big of a piece of shit as he is and like 
say these horrible things and Vince Vaughn just like shuts him down like immediately and this is like not only his employer but like a very dangerous person and it like serves I think pretty well to Vince Vaughn's character that he like looks his dude in the face and is just like nope nope yeah, that's no. not okay don't do that and and just like quashes it I I thought it was it was quashes it respectfully yes you can as, as much as he can yeah yeah, it was like I'm not I'm not gonna buy into that. Like I am here to do a job. I'm not here to be one of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so. it's like a keep your distance kind of thing. Yeah. So that that was my quote. I um, got uh, I got one that it actually kind of like threaded its way through the whole movie. It happens in the beginning, actually, right after he got fired, when his coworkers runs up and says, "You, know, you okay?" He says, "Yeah, south of okay, north of cancer." <laughs> Which is, like, a great quote. That's it's a good super line. fucked up, though. <laughs> it's really fucked up. And um, it, it gets, like, el- like versions of it get repeated, like, two or three times throughout yeah. the movie. It gets brought back up. Also, I fucking love this quote. Um, so, when Vince Vaughn is first inducted, I don't know if that's the right term, into prison, he's, like, you know, he's going through all of, like, the procedural shit, so they, like, take his clothes and, you know, his personal belongings, and he's getting his medical exam, and, like, he's, like, stripped down to his boxers, and the guard is, like, okay, everybody's favorite part, and he, like, drop your, uh, your boxers, and he, like, pulls his pants down, and, like, you can just see Vince Vaughn's ass, which is not a bad ass. No. Especially for, like, like a what, 50-year-old dude. Like, yeah. Dude, it's an alright ass. And the, these two dudes who are doing the inspection are staring at him. They're, right They're at, staring at his dick. Right at his penis. And you just hear one of them say, yeah, he's an A-. minus." <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Stroke. They, they clearly rate everybody's penises. Oh. Yes. I wonder if they'd write it down and keep a log. It's not demeaning at all. <laughs> so I I had a couple quotes. Um, several of them were rendered irrelevant by the subject matter, but uh, I, I still like them. As he's being carted off to the prison the first time, first prison, he is on the bus with another prisoner, and the prisoner you know pipes up and says, You seen pictures of the prison in Austria? I wish we were going there. And Vince Vaughn's character just immediately says, you should aim higher with your dreams. <laughs> yeah. Just or very... sorry, you should aim higher with your wishes. Yeah, very just like, you know. Like, mm. your wish is to be in a different prison? <laughs> but a slightly nicer prison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another another one that I had after he had been transferred to Redleaf and he's on the shakedown with the new warden and his jackbooted stormtroopers. The warden, you know, is basically explaining to him, if you act up, you're going to get shut down. If you get wild, uh, we're going to hurt you. And if you make bad choices, it's not going to end well. And he says, well, prisoners are expensive, and we're all too happy to help the state balance its budget with the deployment of cheap lead. (laughs) With the insinuation that they are going to turn him into Swiss cheese and fill him full of bullet holes. I love Swiss cheese. It's delicious. We don't care. We gonna kill you. Yeah. <laughs> gonna kill you dead. D-E-D, dead. D-E-D. That's how you spell dead. Right. So, um, 
Is that all we have? <laughs> I think that's all we I got. I think that's all we got for this one. Uh, all right. Well, uh, are we ready to fish. rate? All right. Are we ready to? Uh, are we? We're totally Laura Dern. Yeah, I'm gonna Laura Dern. this. Uh, I'm gonna jump in here. Um, I don't know if this is too high. This is mine, uh, but it, it's the lowest rating I've ever given. But uh, I'm going five point nine exposed marrows. Oh, wow. okay, 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 okay. There was definitely okay. some exposed bone juice. Yeah. In this movie. Multiple fluids. <laughs> Multiple fluids. Multiple fluids. New band name called it. Alright. So uh, what do you got there, Mr. Jackson? I'm going to give this movie a 4.2 scraped faces. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I should say, not like a little scrape, like, oh, I scraped my face. No, I'm talking, you scraped your face off of your face. (laughs) 4.2, scraped off faces. Scraped off faces, new band name, I call it. (laughs) There is no way that Finland and Sweden have not already produced multiple (laughs) bands by the name of Scraped Off Faces. Yeah. Guaranteed. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I would I would check uh, with the patent office on. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna dig it on Spotify and see uh, <laughs> see what uh, scraped off faces sounds like. He might actually do that. I probably <laughs> would. Yeah, I'm gonna do it right now. So, uh, Mr. Carlin. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give this movie. I've got like a a, a very benign metric, and then I've got like a more graphic, not crazy graphic. But more graphic one. I think I'm gonna go with the more graphic one. It is that movie. It is that movie. Just because I feel, yeah, because I feel like it's it's it. That's the vibe. Um, I'm going to give this movie a five point four broken toilets. Broken toilets. <laughs> Which is like it doesn't sound that bad until you see the scene and it's with the broken toilet, with the broken toilet oh. that everybody has been shitting in that hasn't eh? been flushed. I'm gonna be honest with you. Your rating system is full of shit. It's- <laughs> <laughs> that's the idea. My other one was was prison slippers. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> and I was like, that is way too fucking benign for this movie. Yeah, like, yeah let's <laughs> save that for Shawshank. <laughs> uh, are we lower turn? I think we're done. I think we're lower All right. Well, that is all for the All Corrupt Review. Thank you for listening. If you have any ideas for movie reviews, email us at three. That is the number three, men and a basement at gmail.com multiple fluids and scraped off faces on tour this summer check us out it's it's going to be huge uh, huge huge you can also find us on itunes and google play or wherever you find your podcasts and until then i am colin mcleod marco action jackson and uh we'll see you in cyberspace woof Thank you.